Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network, as we're getting closer and closer to the end of season four of 24. And we're here to talk about episode 21, 3 a.m. to 4 a.m. from the great Joel Cernow, Michael Osef, and directed by the great Kevin Hooks. Has he directed an episode before? I don't know, um, but he directed this one. He, he directed two episodes prior to this, and he'll direct this and next week, and then we will never hear from him again. Um, much like Austin Chase's baby and Austin. Oh, sorry, (laughs) Chase's baby works better into this episode. (laughs) Sorry, too soon on the references, Ben. Uh, but uh, we're gonna go go through all of Logan's insecurities and Palmer's blunders and guys ripping off their mask but not touching their ears and all the mistakes. Uh, This is an episode full of mistakes, chock full of mistakes. And people scrambling to make up for those mistakes, like when Jack mistakenly killed Audrey's husband. Was that um, Audrey? What episode did you wait. watch? <laughs> Director's <Just> cut. Slitter <laughs> throw. Stop crying about your husband. Shut <laughs> up, woman. Be a woman. Grow up. Be a woman. Uh, my name is Colin, and we don't have time for your personality disorder. Okay, and this is a visual one, so people at home imagine what I'm doing. And my name is Ben. And. <laughs> That's Jack's face in this episode when Chloe says that she is there for him. The best moment of this season. Thanks, Chloe. <laughs> Thanks, Chloe. Seriously, this is that one I've been building up for so long. Jack's facial expression to Chloe's offer of help. It is maybe the best moment this season ever. Just saying. Well, next to, hey. <laughs> hey. Hey, still number one. Hey. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is, uh, we, we had one of the biggest moments in 24 history last week. And this is kind of a fallout episode from that. And sometimes these fallout episodes, they, uh, they flop. And sometimes these fallout episodes are great. And sometimes these fallout episodes are pretty decent. And I think this is somewhere in between pretty decent and good. Yeah, I'd agree with that. This episode's fine. Um, it's like the Oz network. It's okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's got some good bits. It's got some bad bits and not many people remember it. Um, yeah, I mean, you're not going to top last week. I think, you know, getting to meet, um, Chang or is it Chung, uh, based on the, like, I swear, like this episode's maybe the most ra- racist episode of 24. Can I just point that out right now? You mean Mr. Gao? Yeah. Ch- Chung Gao, <laughs> but we'll just call him Ching for the rest of 24 because America, um, yeah, I mean, there's some interesting bits and I feel like it should be a bigger episode because of him being introduced and it's obviously a big deal for the, the wider scheme of 24. Uh, Logan's, Wait! 
Why? Very racist. The why? Why da? Why da? I re-listened to the Fat whole. I, I re-listened to the whole Habuba thing the other week. By the way, you goated me into saying that, so you brought up Habuba <laughs> and I ran with it. So similar to Noah, I get the blame. All right, I took the joke from one angle to the other. Just saying, I didn't go on about Manifa. That's a Noah thing, but that's that's well way too <laughs> flashbacks, Ben. Um. Logan's fantastic. That's as this. bad as the N-word, Ben. Just take it easy. <laughs> um, jokes for off air, Colin. I didn't say the N-word <laughs> off air. I was telling a John Mulaney sketch <laughs> joke. I, don't just I didn't on. goad you into that one. That was all you. Before I come on air, N-word this and N-word that. <laughs> Coming soon to the Patreon episode that we haven't recorded in about three months. I did not say the N-word. Um, <laughs> I didn't. I really didn't say the N-word. I promise I did not say it. I'm not Noah. Well, um, you literally did say the N word. Well, I said Let's the phrase the N word, but I didn't yeah, say exactly. <laughs> I, I, I feel like I'm going to explain this. There's a John Mulaney sketch that he says, he's like, I was writing a script for an award show and I wanted to use the word midget. And then the per- uh, the director came to me and was like, you can't wor- use the word midget because it's as bad as the N word. <laughs> to which John Mulaney said, first of all, no. And second of all, you know how it's not as bad as the N-word because you won't even say the N-word. You call it the <laughs> N-word. So that's what I was saying. I wasn't being Noah. This episode yes. is fine. Um, <laughs> we live in a Brendan Fraser winning Oscar world, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Oh, Brendan Fraser. <laughs> Brendan Fraser, who has never said the N-word. Uh, never. Although, can I just say, if there's one white person who would be allowed to say it, it's Brendan Fraser because everyone loves him. I'm just saying that right now. He would say it and everyone would be like, oh, Brendan. And he would rub his Oscar and he'd go off into his little hidey hole. But don't say the M word, Brendan, because you're a better man than that. Um, this episode's fine, Colin. I don't know what else. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. And don't um, say the N word. Don't say it. Just don't. Noah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, don't say Noah. I, Noah is don't the new say N-word. Noah. Noah's as bad as the N word. <laughs> yes, exactly. You say the word Noah, you're a racist. <laughs> uh I, yeah i mean that even though i'm kind of like i think downplaying this a bit i mean there's a few things about this episode that i really love and i think it's the fact that like it's rare in 24 where you have everybody has made mistake and it's almost like okay we got to cover up like this is a massive cover-up to the point where we don't have to know that cheng and cheng chung whoever you want to call him gao uh is going to Great. be playing a role next season and then really bigger in the following season. And then even back in, uh, was it eight or live another day? One of the two nine. Yeah. Uh, we don't have to know like the ramifications of this. Like we talked last week about you almost don't even notice the whole raid on the embassy because you don't realize how big a deal that's going to be when you're originally watching this, this episode's kind of the opposite last week where you're starting to see, Hey, we're really going to have some problems with what happened. Uh, everybody's having a lie and everybody's lying poorly. And you're almost like, yeah, you go China. <laughs> what right do they have? Yeah, it is it is interesting that, I I mean, you're right. Like I like this is sort of a quick let's fix, up, fix our fuck up episode, um, which I kind of like. And I like, like Kiefer's on fire in this episode because even he's looked to Chloe, just I kind of just like him scrambling. And just kind of like, mm. oh, shit, I fucked up. Um, and even like just he's acting with like order and everything at the beginning right through to him putting on a suit to put on a you gotta dress up for the Chinese. <laughs> Keith has got his little suit on. He's going in to see Chong Zhao, whatever he's called. 
And but again, that's not being racist. Literally, we're going to point in this episode. He gets called three different things in this episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you're kind of right because, like, I'm Team Logan this episode. When like Logan mm-hmm. walks out, it's like, what did you do, David? You started a war with China, and David's like, well, I had to do it. It's like, no, you didn't. <laughs> like, I, I'm just so tea. Like, Palmer is so inept in the last like yeah. two two episodes. But um, yeah, I I mean. It's it's fine, but like this fun stuff to have. And again, it's a very racist episode because it's not just freaking the the fact that he's called Chung Zhao and then they start calling him Cheng Z or whatever it is. Um, like racist people, how they're all like, oh, all Bowers people are American. You know, they're not Asian; they're American. Well, Asians can be American. Like, I mean, I'm just saying that right <laughs> Asian now. Asian American, Asian Americans. Like, there's such like the people are like, oh, you, uh, the Liberation Army are all are Asian. That man's white. I'm like, well, so? Like, I'm sure there are white people who are Chinese citizens as well. Like, I mean, well, you know. We've had a lot of white people helping the Arab terrorists in this episode or this season as well. Exactly. God, racist. Who's the director of this episode again? <laughs> Noah? Noah, Noah Gross. Uh, Kevin Hooks. Good old Kevin Hooks. Um, we'll, we'll start with the the Logan stuff and I guess briefly the, uh, the, the Chinese embassy stuff as well. But... Uh, um, I, I love that Mike and David already again, Mike, you're supposed to be working for Logan, but it's basically, yeah, you know, I don't think we should tell Logan anything that happened here. Oh, but maybe we should. Yeah. But you know what? It's Logan. That guy's <laughs> you know, a it's a, yeah, he had it coming. He's, he's going to be uh, ordering people's assassinations and stuff like that. I mean, We'll phase him into the dirty part of the business. Yeah, but I mean, what's really interesting. that out right now. Don't fucking invade China on somebody else's behalf. You get assassinated <laughs> in four episodes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, th- that's what I find so interesting about uh, this story is uh, since last week we were looking at like all the ramifications of what that raid would do. This episode, I'm sort of, you know, looking closely and being like, so did what David just said to Logan result in what happens at the beginning of the next season not to mention everything else in season five you talk about goading people I mean, he was goading him and come on be a bad president be it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it like it once you know what happens and you can go into next like into these episodes with that knowledge it does kind of make it more interesting because i think that the tension builds between these two and the rest of this season and knowing what happens in the episode, uh, the pilot episode of the next season, well, the, the premiere episode, I should say, and then the big twist, like it does kind of add an extra element to it. And again, I don't believe that's the 24 writers planning that far ahead because we know they don't do that. Yeah. And as I keep saying, there's a big problem about season five, as amazing as it is, when you know what is going to happen, it's less believable when you watch Logan in those earlier episodes. That's just my opinion. And I hope you agree with me. And if you don't, well then I'm an idiot or I'm smart and you're an idiot. I don't know. Which then of course, leads we in- know it's not the latter. <laughs> True. Uh, we then lead into this part where again, it's kind of interesting knowing what will happen. Cause there's definitely bits in this, which I can kind of believe it more in this version of Logan, if that makes sense, rather than the mm-hmm. early next season, Logan. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it is interesting there, but I, I, I I like, like, again, Logan's so right with everything in this episode because even yeah. when, like, Mike comes in and is all like, oh, David, David, David. It's like, like, do you want to go fuck David Palmer or something, Mike? Like, you work for me. And it's like, yeah. I know he's your ex. Like, I mean, again, never work with your ex. <laughs> like, I mean, we've seen freaking Jen ringing up last week. Like, Michelle, like, yeah, you're working with your ex. You're going to be fucking five minutes later. David and Mike are off in the broom closet in, like, ten minutes. Speaking of 
exes. Did you wear a shirt of the Crystal Method, your last concert to your <laughs> tonight's concert of Weird Al? It wasn't my last concert, Colin. My last concert was <laughs> Tiesto. Thank you very much. Uh, oh. <laughs> so, but it was one of my exes. <laughs> you're you're, you're going to wear a Weird Al shirt when you go see Mary Lynn in a I, few days, right? <laughs> I, well, I, I wanted to buy a Weird Al t-shirt, but I'm not spending $50. Like, on like that's just the go-to price for concert t-shirts now, $50. Like, come on. And, like, I like Weird Al, but... I bought a white nerdy hoodie like the last time I saw him like 15 years ago, probably was, for like That was before bucks. the song came out. It just seemed appropriate. <laughs> I did. Uh, and that, that, the hoodie was probably 50 bucks back then. Now, hoodie's like $100. Like, old man on porch, Ben complains. But uh, <laughs> Get off my lawn. Crystal Method, great band. I saw them live. Third watch, fantastic. Get busy, child. Um, so, yeah, Logan's being kept in the dark. Uh, I, I do love, though, Palmer's point where he's discussing with Mike and he's saying, it really doesn't matter whether we well, but we didn't fire the shot that killed their their uh, their, their their people. It's like, does it really matter? <laughs> we performed an illegal act of war on a Chinese embassy. Doesn't matter who fired the shot. Yeah, we're going down for this. Uh, but of course, they're they're explaining. What do we do? Blame it on the Asian extremists. <laughs> it's always those guys <laughs> who, who who hijacked or uh, shot down Air Force One. Asian extremists who kidnapped uh, the Secretary of Defense, Asian extremists. It was all the Asian extremists this year. This is why it's kind of a plot hole because like they're all going out there going like, fuck, where's Marwan, where's Marwan? If it's this fucking simple, Palmer, like why didn't you do this back in season two when it's kind of all like, oh, nuclear bomb's gone off. Oh, there's a Cyprus recording, but it might be fake and we want to go to war. Asian extremists. Like, uh, just like, get your book out. He's got a Rolodex there of terrorist terrorists. No, 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 no. Oh, they threaten an embassy. Well, that must be them. Like, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's real. Like, again, we, we put in the plot holes of this last week. If this was real life and Trump came in and did something with Biden, like fucking Logan and everything one's fucked. Like, this is just, Palmer is like ridiculously inept. It is so inept. It's like, all right, all right, uh, you, over to you, Palmer, you do whatever you want. And it's like, what's this? Oh, you invaded a Chinese consulate? A <laughs> consulate done now we're at war with China? If I could list the five worst things that could have happened while I called second-level staffers, this would be number three on the list. <laughs> I, I just wish that season three, Sherry had lived. I mean, like, who killed Alan Milliken? Asian extremists. No, who killed Cherry? Asian extremists. Asian extremists. <laughs> it's always a- and again, racist because they have to look Asian. Uh, you know, like I mean, white people. Uh, white people can't be Asian. That's racist. Um, <laughs> well, it's not racist. It's just factually wrong. Um, I don't know where I was going with that point. Anyway, continue. I, I don't know either. I'm yeah. going to continue. White people can't <laughs> I'm be not, Asian. No, they I'm not goading you this week. <laughs> I'm Curtis all of a sudden. White people can't be Asian. Thanks, Curtis. <laughs> but, but I mean, Logan, like you said, he's justified when he finds out. It, you know, obviously, we, we have done a lot of flip-flopping with uh, Logan where it's like, oh, okay, we need to make a tough call. And it's like, wait, wait a second. I want Jack Bauer's head. That, that was, but, but in this case, he basically said, listen, I want you to handle this. Handle it. And then I will excuse myself. And he comes back and like, you started a war with China. But it's it's David's response to him is one of those things where I'm pinpointing and being be like, I want, I want to think about this in another season when we see everything that Logan ends up doing when he's talking about, uh, what was the line he had here? Uh, we didn't bring this crisis on ourselves, but we're going to be the ones to settle it. And he's dirty business and we'll have to get our hands dirty to clean it up. Yeah. And yeah, Logan's going to take some of these lessons to heart, I think. Well, there's other moments. Like, like there was a point from a few weeks back when he when he got Jack arrested 
um, like Logan was right when he was like, Jack Bauer's not the only man that can do this job. Like, like, like this is what like he's great about Logan because like, we, you know, we love the personal Palmer Jack relationship, but like, kind of Logan's right. Like he's just coming from the outside. Like who's this Jack Bauer? Why are we relying on him? Like this is mm. the U.S. fucking government. Like one man doesn't control it, but we know our Jack Bauer. But there's another line that Logan says in this when he's talking to Mike and because they're trying to explain their actions, like you know and. We're at war with like you know uh, you know Marwan and one nuclear bomb and what does Logan say like and we'll soon be at war with one billion Chinese like it's kind of like a, mm-hmm. it's a great line yeah. because um like what it's even before Logan finds out because I mean Gregory Itzen again amazing the way he walks in the room and it's kind of like what the fuck did you do um mm-hmm. like the the where pa- Mike I think like going to Palmer like we need to tell the president. Oh, Palmer's going, ah, oh, no, we'll explain it to him. So, what are you going to say? Like, what if, like, you G'day, Logan, how you doing? Um, so, good news. Um, <laughs> found out where Marlon is. Know where the bomb is. So, uh, that's some positive news. Um, other updates for you. Uh, looking here, all right. Uh, the Nationals won last night. Good for them. Um, waffles on the breakfast menu. Yeah. I know you love waffles. Yeah. Oh, Vetchkin made his debut for the Capitals. We'll have to check that one out. Um, Chinese Embassy, uh, the leader got killed accidentally <laughs> by one of our people. And Hamilton's opening uh, the State Theatre this week. We'll have to get your tickets. I'm like, I mean, what? Where does he pass that off? Oh, well, thanks for your time. Got to go. Good luck running the country. Lol. Well, but I mean, this is, this is kind of what I find fascinating about watching Palmer this season because this isn't the way he would act during his presidency. And it's not really ever settled, but you, you do have to wonder... Is he bolder because, you know, he's learned from his mistakes? Because really what Logan brings up that you mentioned about, uh, you know, you just are about to start a war with billions of Chinese. Mm. uh, That's what Palmer's dilemma was in season two. We got to be careful. We don't want to start a war with, uh, you know, people who aren't responsible for anything here. Or is this that he's simply bolder because it's not his presidency? Because uh, Logan brings that up as well. Like, you're not the one who's going to be taking all the heat for this. I mean, it, it will never come out that Palmer was called in by a Republican to solve this crisis. So is Palmer just like, <laughs> my hands are clean this time, one way or the other? That's a very solid point. The whole point of season two, the second half was like, we can't invade freaking Yemen yeah. because the recording might be fake. Oh no, we can't go to war with innocent people. Ah, but whoopsie daisy, we just killed this person. Oh, well, moving on. I don't know. Like, I mean, again, Dennis Haysbert's fantastic and I do kind of like Palmer with balls. Um, But like, we talked about how he was kind of inept as a president, but like, like literally within an hour, he's gone, oh shit, I started a war with China. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, well, I better go back to bed. Old huggy bear's tired. <laughs> um, like, I, I, yeah, I don't know either. Um, it's, it is interesting because, like, if you've got to, like, put the domino effect into play here with what's going to happen between Palmer and Logan and what we're going to remember next season... If anything, like I like I I want part uh, like Logan next season, but like the guy was nearly going to start a war with China if I didn't get rid of him. Like mm-hmm. I mean, like I was right here. Like yeah. So kind yeah, of what's his defense? Keep an eye out for Logan's reasons for why things might happen with him next season because um you know he fucking nearly got the war with China. Just saying. Uh, other than this going on and Logan having to call off Chen or Chang or Chung, whatever they want to call him in this scene. Uh, 
We have Marwan's people are having trouble with satellite jamming, which is going to play into CTU. And uh, yeah, the, the Chinese are looking at the security footage. Which that scene, it, it's such a small scene, but I just love the way it shot. I love the way they come in there and they're just looking at the footage. You, you don't even have the buildup. All right, sir, we're about to look at the security footage and we're going to see who did this. They're just watching it. And and as the audience, you, you mentioned like you could see Howard Stern taking off his mask last week, but it, it's not done in a way where it's so obvious. I mean, I even still missed it last week, but it's important because the audience watching this the first time doesn't realize they're going to find it. In fact, they're assuming at this point, they're not going to find anything. And then as you're watching the footage and then you see it, there's not even like a big dun, dun, dun moment. It's just, it's shot really well. There's a lot of suspense to it, especially because you don't see it coming. When you see the mask coming off, you're like, uh-oh, uh-oh, this is going in a direction I didn't expect. Um, anything else you want to cover on the the Logan stuff or you want to jump into the CTU stuff? Uh, so we're also covering the, the bit where the Chinese consult look at the tape. Is this what you're saying yeah. as well? Um, I think it's a, like a, it's an unassuming mm. appearance from, is it, how do you say the, the actor's name? We talked about this last week, didn't we? Oh yeah. It was, uh, I always thought it was Zima, but it's this Tai Ma. Tai Ma. Uh, I mean, very famous Chinese actor. Uh, and I think he's fantastic in this role and he gets hammier in this role the more and more it goes on. But I kind of just love this unassuming role that he's got in this episode and I, I like like as you said before like you're kind of almost a team china in this episode yeah because i mean like flip this around like flip this around if this was like a american killed on chinese soil and like mm-hmm. that's a season of 24 right there like yeah. agent jenkins was killed in a raid in beijing we're gonna send jack bauer to go investigate it. and then you're like america fucking don't kill americans in china fucking china do it it's like oh awkward that's a chinese terrorist asian you know extremist whoopsie um, so I kind of like the way they're, they're investigating it. Um, although I do love how it's like, get these off to Beijing. And then five seconds later, we're pretty sure it's Howard Stern. You're pretty sure. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess they well, can have access you, to government files. Did your version have subtitles yeah. when uh, they were talking? Okay. Yeah. Cause mine didn't, which is weird. Cause it's Disney plus Disney plus every time they were talking in Mandarin, Racist. it just said speaking in Mandarin. Uh, which was fun for me because I'm, I think that's one of the things that actually added a bit of suspense. Like, what are they talking? What are they saying? But they will slow down. They're like, Howard Bird. But there was, I'm sad you didn't get it because there was one there, which I mean, I don't speak Mandarin. So I don't know if in Mandarin you say CT Los Angeles in, and again, I'm not going to try and impersonate Mandarin because that is racist. But like the part of this where they say like, oh, Howard Burns at, CT Los Angeles, they say like CT Los Angeles in Chinese, Cantonese, Mandarin. I'm assuming it's Mandarin. You said Mandarin. So yeah. like I would assume that you would go like blah, 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 Mandarin, blah, 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 CTU Los Angeles. But like they said it back again. Somebody, if you're listening to this and you speak Mandarin, please correct me. But no, mine had subtitles. For once, mine had subtitles and yours don't know. Everything yeah. I watch doesn't have subtitles. So um, no, mine definitely had subtitles. We did do this during Oscar month. You know, all the streaming platforms are just doing whatever they can to remove foreign languages. you got All Quiet on the Western Front and Argentina 1985 defaulting to dubbed. Disney Plus says we're not even going to bother with subtitles anymore unless you speak in English. If, if you can hear the language, we want you to read what they're saying. But if you don't know what they're saying, we're not going to tell you. <laughs> I had a debate the other day with a girl on uh, Hinge. A woman? Now, a woman. Now, um, what, what is the deal 
with people nowadays, nowadays, always having to watch like Netflix with subtitles. Why is this a, a thing? Oh, Jamie does that. Because this girl's like, oh, I always do. Blah, blah. Like, it's so fucking distracting. Like, I, the when I acquire copies of television shows and movies through my good friends at the networks uh, and I put it on my TV on a stick to watch, it kind of defaults that it's got like inbuilt subtitles on it. And my TV is shit in the fact that if I don't, turn the subtitles off at the beginning and say like I turn it off halfway through, it will leave like the last subtitle that was on screen on the rest <laughs> of the episode. Dumb. And it distracts me. Like I can't watch anything. I had to watch the last season of Drive to Survive with subtitles on because there's like lots of parts in it where drivers are speaking in another language and it doesn't give you, like you've got to keep them on the whole time. So it's distracting. So my point is, rant Ben, I don't get why people have to watch like Netflix and it's always like a prompt on Hinge and Tinder like, don't hate me if I watch things with subtitles on. Like, fuck, if I'm Netflixing and chilling with you, I'm getting to the chilling. I'm not fucking Netflixing with you because those fucking... So I don't want... I'm not watching TV and movies to read, all right? I'm watching them to <laughs> not read. You don't even read books. I mean, why would you read TV? I just listen to the audio books of all those Ian Fleming ones. I don't know. Those red things behind <laughs> me aren't actually... Going to, but anyway, Ben Rando. And another, can I have another rant? Can I have another rant? Go for it. Because you'll, you'll it. get this rant. Did you see this whole controversy around Hugh Grant's interview at the Oscars. Can I just say, Hugh Grant did nothing wrong. I don't know the name of that interviewer, but here's a tip from one journalist out there to other journalists. If you want your subject matter to give you good answers, ask good questions. (laughs) Don't be shit at your job. And then maybe the person won't react to the line of questioning that is presented to them. Hugh Grant is literally reacting to this presenter who is so shit at asking questions. He's like going like, uh, like she literally asked, oh, Knives Out was good. You were really good in it. And he was like, I was in it for like three seconds. And she's like, <laughs> oh, but you were still good, lol. And he's like looking at her going like, what the fuck are you on? Like, and everyone's bagging him out. Fuck off. Uh, I I watched a little bit of the Oscar pre-shows and now was this the same interviewer? She's like very tall. Sure. (laughs) Okay. If it is, I'm going to say I was watching her interview, Pedro Pascal. And we're, we're starting to come around to, it's like maybe double standards aren't necessarily okay. Uh, There was that interview that Liam Neeson had on the view where they were basically ogling him and everything. And he was all disappointed saying, I came on here to like, talk about my projects and talk about, you know, topical topics and all that. And you got women are just hitting on me. Uh, but in this interview with Pedro Pascal, the interviewer basically just was in love with him and well, who was going this? on and on. Well, she was going on like this. It started to borderline on like, I got to hand it to Pedro Pascal because he handled it in a way that Hugh Grant definitely wouldn't have where uh, it's like, Oh, okay. So uh, where are your glasses? And he goes, my glasses I don't know, somebody's holding on to them right now. And it's like, oh, because I think you look really good in your glasses, Pedro. And he goes, all right, yeah, I will uh, maybe put them on later. Nice to see you there. How does it feel being a heartthrob? He goes, I wouldn't know because I don't think I am one. It's like, oh, I think you are. Like props to Pedro Pascal. He handled that like a pro. And and the other funny thing in the Oscar pre-show is that all the interviews they had, I swear every person they talked to is, all right, I'm going to be rooting for you. Like that's the third person in the same category that you're rooting for. Like, And again, 
this is coming from like clearly as a journalist, I'm such an esteemed journalist. But like, when we have Mary Lynn on here, I want you to ask her about like, her rolling I, knives out. I'm not going to sit here and you know claim that all of our line of questioning on the Oz Network is fantastic. I mean, we fucking talked to Fran Dresser about freaking being James Bond. But I mean, it was something. Ben ask somebody about their favorite meatloaf song. <laughs> but like, in my defense. If I'm on the red carpet, right, every single person is coming up. And what are you saying? You're nominated for this. How was it making the movie? Oh, you look so good in that. Who have you come here with tonight? Oh, what are you looking forward to seeing? If all of a sudden I turned around and I was like, so what's your favorite meatloaf song? I saw you with Hugh Grant be like, wasn't expecting that. Like there's, there was um, AFL, the Australian Football League here, the biggest like awards, like the MVP of that of that competition is called the Brownlow Medal. It's held on the Monday night before the grand final of the championship game. And they have like a red carpet, all that kind of stuff. Like it's the night of nights for, you know, sports awards in Australia. And they sent a comedian there last year from some YouTube channel where it was like unexpected Brownlow questions where they literally had this guy, like they all coming down the red carpet and he'd literally be like, oh, so uh, Australian Survivor's on tonight. Who do you think is going to get eliminated? <laughs> like all the AFL players like sort of were like taken aback and they were like loving it. They like kept like asking the most random fucking questions and they all like cracked up laughing and they loved it completely. And they, we had an Australian comedy show here who would do that and they would send people to like press conferences and they'd be like, oh, hey, like, you know, you did really well in this movie. And they'd pull out like a Trivial Pursuit card and they're like, but in geography, what is the highest mountain in Africa? And the people would always be like, what? <laughs> so like that's funny so i'm sure if i'm on that thing you grab like oh fuck it i love bat out of hell ben thank you for asking just hire us for the next oscar pre-show we'll, we'll handle it i guarantee um, you that we would ask a thousand better questions than whoever that woman was i'm sorry yeah. she was shit <laughs> she was so shit was, stop making uh, a big deal out of it objectifying Hugh Grant or, or Pedro Pascal and asking bad questions. Hugh Grant, Hugh Grant is literally the type of person that just doesn't give a shit anyway. It's not like, you know, Did he's, he's going to come out and him? release a statement like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Like, he's literally just gone back home and go, what, there's controversy? Whatever, moving on. I'm Hugh Grant. Did, did you see him and Andy McDowell presenting? I kind of like saw a bit of it, but I tell you, they both look very good. Both age distinguishedly good, good for them. I mean, and, and his comment was basically, you know, oh, oh, people who use moisturizer and people who don't. He says, she looks like she's barely aged. I look like a scrotum. Oh, I, saw, <laughs> like, I, I can't saw. believe he actually said that. I on the, the, I watched the I watched the monologue and fuck, I love the bit where Jimmy Kimmel was like, and just a warning, if you commit an act of violence, you will win <laughs> best actor and be allowed to talk about it for 19 minutes and nobody will do a thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bet. Yeah. The best part was where he's like, you know, if anything happens, do what you did last year. Do absolutely nothing. In fact, <laughs> offer a hug to the assailant. Or oh, when he was like cutting around to everyone, he's like, I've got people protecting me. I've got the Mandalorian. I've got that. I love how he, <laughs> and I've got the favorite. I love how even Steven Spielberg was like, yeah, I'll get yeah. you. <laughs> anyway, rant over. That was the Oscars. Uh, Listen to our recap of it last week. So moving on to the, the CTU stuff and really just the first half of the Jack stuff as well. Um, I, I love the the beginning of this where they're uh, still in the the operating room trying to save what's his name's life, Lee Jong's life, and Jack's like, uh, I I can't stress how important this is. Yes, you already made me aware of that before the top of the hour. <laughs> this is where the characters on screen are responding to the fact it's like you don't have to catch. We just watched the previously on twenty four segment. Yeah, it's, it's, you don't have to tell me what's going on. I do like. I mean, again, I get it. Like it's for the oh, if you missed last week. 
but like literally yeah. in, in a real time show, this happened all of two minutes ago. And it's like, <laughs> yes, I understand that Jack, when you force me to save his life and not Audrey, your former, your girlfriend's lo- husband's life, which has caused you friction and may end your relationship. Thanks Jack. Yeah. And, you know, I, I wasn't sure how I felt about when Jack first went up to apologize to Audrey and she's not slapping him and screaming at him and saying she hates him, you know, like she was a few minutes ago. But uh, it, it kind of works because, I mean, I, I think that somebody in this situation, they would act like that, but then maybe they would take a step back, take a step back, <laughs> and they would be like, all right, all right, am I going to let Jack near me? And he's apologizing and then her pulling away. It, it, it's, it's really good. Like, I think more than any other relationship drama we have on 24, season four, Jack and Audrey, is as good as it gets. Uh, and it is very soap opery, but it works. And it works because of the actors. Um, I love amazing. Jack. Yeah, it, it, everything she does is great in this. Uh, and especially when they later on be like, why is she still here? Yeah, <laughs> why know? is she still there? Your husband just died. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, Paul, I've got, at least you got Jack, I guess. Yeah, I, I want to This should be I mean, like, she's got a uh, myriad of men. This this should be like her opening the episode. It's like I am Audrey Rains, and this is the worst day of my life. Her <laughs> and her dad were kidnapped by terrorists. Her husband <laughs> murdered by her fiance. <laughs> terrorists may or may not be using against me and people inside. <laughs> my, my, I'm D. What is she? D O D advisor Audrey Rains. Audrey. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst day of my life. Uh, and Jack telling Bill that Paul died's great too, and he's like, "Don't worry, Jack, you did the right thing." <laughs> he's pumping him up. <laughs> Bill's like, he really had it. This this is where Bill would be like, "You know what? If I had the chance, I would have taken Tony out too for a shot at Michelle." So I can't blame you. <laughs> I would have killed that shit too. <laughs> he was stealing your woman. You stand your ground, Jack. Be a man, Jack. Be a man. You kill that other man. You're a man, Jack. That's it. You're the man. Give him a fist bump. <laughs> Uh, we. This is where Mike calls and gives Bill the bad news. So, uh, one of your guys uh, kind of killed somebody, or you're responsible for. That's not possible. Nobody could have died there. Uh, and you really just see, like in Kiefer's performance, just the weight of all of his mistakes now. Yeah. And and I think that's what's so interesting watching Kiefer this week is that we we've had a lot of episodes where Kiefer has a, the weight of everything on him. You know, like the Chappelle death. We we talked about that a lot. Like you could just see everything piling. On. Obviously, the end of season three, but. He actually plays this differently than he has any point in the past because this time it's his mistakes. Yeah, it, it's what he did that resulted in Paul dying. It's what him and his team did that resulted in the war with China. You know. Yeah, and I think it's. It, I love it when you kind of have plot lines around this. And again, sadly, it doesn't really continue. I mean, this is uh, one problem with Twenty Four is when they kind of open up a can of worms with Jack and flesh out his character I, I i don't think they ever flesh out jack as much as they did obviously in season one and i know we obviously talked a lot about you know is season one necessary and i will always argue it is but like this is kind of it reminds me a bit of the great stuff and i hate weird saying this in a sentence we have a season six in those first four episodes because we get this really unique vulnerable mistake laden jack bauer and if only they had just kept going with that for the entire season we would have had a unique season so we've kind of got elements of this where yeah, Jack's like fucked up and I love kind of just the way he's going to go down this spiral of lies and just like good. Jack Bauer is a good actor. Like Kiefer Sutherland being Jack, Jack Bauer, Bauer acting. Oh, he, I get you. Mean, like, yeah. so like when he's all like, oh no, I was doing the owlies. Like, oh, I'm in my little suit. I can't be lying. Um, so like I kind of love it. I love Jack in a suit. More Jack in a suit. That's all I can say. 
Well, and even the, the little scene where Jack's pulling his team aside and they're basically whispering around the corner. It's like, we got to come up with some alibis, guys. <laughs> where were you? Oh, I was... I was looking at pornography. <laughs> I was looking at pornography. <laughs> it, it, it's 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 just a little detail that like we like, this is what I was kind of saying at the beginning of the episode. We don't really get them having to cover for their mistakes often. Uh, and then this is where we get the ultimate scene between Jack and Chloe. Uh, I was like, so how do you think Audrey's going to feel about the fact that you killed her husband? And then her was like, just want you to know, Jack, I'm here for you as your friend. And then there's a pause. Not now, but later. It is, we're not so busy. <laughs> tell me you like just it's it's the look that he gives because yeah. it's just it's not even just like a head turn. It's like a literally like he's he's at his desk. He's like, hey, Chloe, I'm busy. Just want to let you know, Jack. Like I'm here for you. He literally does this like triple take. Like this is like he does this slow turn. Like a what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and, like this is Jack Bauer. Like Jack's like gruff. I'm Jack Bauer, and he's romantic. Like he's not like a seriously. You like it's just like it's it's such a funny like subtle moment which I I remember like I've talked about my friend before when she used to watch this with me I remember like she literally made me rewind this scene like five times she's like no 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 no, no. <laughs> go back look at his face look at his face it's like what and it's like it's such an odd moment between these two because I talked about at the beginning of this season how they kind of out of nowhere make these two a thing as in like you two are going to be besties yeah. and like. Because, again, they had nothing in season three. So for them, all of a sudden, Chloe was like, I only trust, tra- tr- trust Jack. And we've had elements of it this season. But, like, it's just kind of just like, this is kind of one of those weird moments where, like, Chloe's all like, no, I'll only do it with Jack. I'll only do it with Jack. You never really kind of got it rescinded by Jack, except for that one moment when Chloe came back and Jack's like, Chloe? Oh, I'm glad you're back. This is almost just like a, huh? Like, I just, I want Jack to be like, <sighs> Okay, let's let's go grab a coffee. And I just want them to be sitting, <laughs> sitting around having coffee. And Jack's going, I just don't know if she's gonna take me back, Chloe. Like I killed her husband and I haven't felt this way since Terry. And I just what should I do, Chloe? What should I do? Like, I mean, you just don't see it happening. So this face just sums it up. And Howard Byrne doesn't have to deal with this type of drama. Why do I have to? Why is it always Jack? And, and then and then I said, I said, hey. And then I had to kill him and he <laughs> died and I didn't mean to. And I'm sorry. And then you have Chloe. Jack, I said later when we're not busy. <laughs> I don't have the time for this right now. And then I said I'd shove a towel down his throat, but then he took like a pill and I really wanted to shove the towel down his throat. Why can't I shove a towel down someone's throat? <laughs> and then I wasn't even there to protect Kim from her. I mean, what kind of- Rabbi, what kind of daughter do I, does a man have if she can't even defend herself from a fucking cougar? Like, seriously, <laughs> the bitch just won't stay out of trouble. I just want one weekend off, one weekend off, Kim. Oh, and, and, and that's not even all we get from awkward Chloe this week because we get her uh, basically being Chloe and Bill being maybe the first person who really actually puts Chloe in her place oh, yeah. in the history of 24. So I don't have time for your personality disorder. And her just look at him. Yes, sir. Like <laughs> Chloe doesn't yes, sir, anybody. She does yes, sir, Bill. This is where he becomes the boss. That's awesome. Um, Jack has to uh, talk to Audrey. This is, So you might want to tell Audrey that she needs to call some people at the DOD. And, of course, it's Marcy. You got to call Audrey. Uh, 
Sorry about your husband dying back there and everything. Um, <laughs> anyway, you can get on the phone to Marcy. And then I mean, th- this is going to be like Aud- Audrey's worst day ever because they're going to be, you know, making her lie and everything. But but this is where all the scrambling starts where, okay, Chen wants to come here and uh, he wants to question us. And well, we're a little bit busy. Michelle taking the call mm. is the best because she knows nothing at this point. Yeah. Like literally knows too. nothing was going on. Yeah, and and so she's very honest where she's like, I don't think that this is something we could be dealing with right now. And uh, they they do mention something here, which I'm I'm actually very curious if this could somehow be retconned in, where they mention the secretary is the, the secretary of state Taylor authorized Chen to come. Like, could this be President Taylor no, later on? No, I was thinking that too, but they say hey. So uh, yeah, I was. Well, I was, maybe it's Henry. Well, well, yeah, but like I was like as soon as I said that because um, technically President Taylor is Republican. Um, yeah, no, she is. So which is weird if you think about it. She should not be Republican um, because DB Woodside and then no, yeah. Anyway, the point is, I was thinking that too, but no, they they say he. If they didn't say he, I would I would claim that as canon. But yeah. yeah. Did she have short hair at this point? And there was a mistake. Oh, Cherry Jones can have no hair and she'd still be a goddess. <laughs> When's her That's Oscar? A woman. When's Cherry Jones month? Come on. We've done signs already. Because she had been nominated for signs, you think? No. <laughs> I mean, John Hirsch got nominated for the well, Fableman. True. Cherry Jones can get nominated for signs. Seriously, probably could. I'm sure Hugh Grant probably could have nominated for knives out. He's in it for three seconds, remember? <laughs> Pretty sure Cocaine Bear is getting a nomination next year. Yeah, for it's good all the after. Cocaine Bear references. I need, I need to see this. Is it worth seeing? Yeah, it's. I, I would say if you're looking at The Meg and oh. Snakes on a Plane and Cocaine Bear, these movies that it's like it promises you craziness. Well, the Meg very under delivers. Snakes on a plane just barely scrapes by. This is a little a bit above, just barely scraping by. It's 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 the best of those. We're gonna over promise and maybe just deliver. So like women talking, it delivers. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> very much. So. It's kind of like women talking, <laughs> but more cocaine and more bears. There's a bear. If it was called women talking while on cocaine, I would watch it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So uh, the the only other thing that really happens here uh, is Tony and Michelle's commenting on Jack and Audrey, which see I'm I'm very up in the air about the whole Tony Michelle thing because it felt like it started really good and then it's like okay I'm I'm kind of over this now and this is where it comes back where where they're just sort of commenting it's like look at those two down there I mean they're still working together they they've had some they've had bigger problems than we have haven't they I mean. It's kind of an interesting scene again when you see where, where Tony and Michelle are going to go at the end of the season. But it feels uh, out of place. It just it, it, it yeah. is a little bit out of place. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, this is all kind of leading up to uh, Jack in a suit, which it, it does kind of make me laugh because at first I'm like, why is he in a suit? But then I'm like, oh wait, this is his cover. Sorry. I uh, just had to clean some of my suit that I've been wearing for the last hour because I never left the office and I only only change on my suit when I leave the business office here. Uh, oh, I just got finished with the hourlies and Edgar's falling behind. And uh, yeah, you know, just just took a break in the last hour. I've been in an hour long lunch break because uh, I was talking about taquitos. my feelings with Chloe O'Brien over some taquitos. Yeah, uh, But I mean, it's, it's, it's a great scene because again, when they're, when he comes in, he's like, they don't know about Byrne yet. And he's like, so this is a photo of an, a man who works for you named Howard Byrne. 
Isn't that interesting? He's there at our embassy right before. Look, not Asian, so he can't he's not be. Asian. Definitely not Asian. He has to be American because he's not why, Asian. Why was he wearing a mask? I wonder why. Hmm. Uh, and he's like, well, I think this is Photoshop. <laughs> really? We Photoshopped this in the last 40 minutes. You think? Yeah. Uh, like, but we have some intel that it might have been Asian extremists. It's just, it's, 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 it's so implausible. But like, you know that they, they know it's implausible. Like, it's our only hope. <laughs> our only hope is to try to, but Jack does kind of sell this, you know? And when he, when he takes the phone call, I love the, absolutely love the moment where he looks out the window, he sees Burn there hitting on Chloe, I think. <laughs> like, so, so, I uh, hear you like to talk about feelings with people. I got some feelings about you, baby. <laughs> you, gotta, you, you like to look after babies. Well, uh, I yeah. used to be one. <laughs> Once upon a time, uh, I was a baby. <laughs> uh, you say you killed somebody today. You, you need somebody to, to uh, be there for you, your shoulder to cry on. Do you, do you like I'll men be... who take their masks off? Well, uh... <laughs> Might know someone. Do you like men who might have implicated a country with a billion people in it to go to war with us? Well, hey, how you? But I mean, doing? it's it, it, it it's funny in a way, but but it's like Jack's look. Where he's like, tell me he's not out there, and he's like right behind Chin's shoulder. I'm like, oh, this is like really well shot here. Props to uh, Brendan Fraser, and also props to Kevin Hooks here, uh, future Oscar winner Kevin Hooks. He, he films this really well, and then Jack going out there, get burn out of there. <laughs> um, it, it, it's really good, and of course they they have to call in Chopper Command here. Yes, the most <laughs> bored guy, the most bored guy on the phone. Do you like Chloe? <laughs> Chloe's like, ah, oh, g'day, Greg, how you doing? Chloe here. Yeah, good, thanks, Chloe. Yeah, so uh, Jack Powell's <laughs> ordered a helicopter. Yeah, all right, I'll get that to you straight away. Like, that's fucking Jesus. <laughs> it's that woman asking questions woman. on the red carpet. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I I love this suspense. To me, this is actually maybe the best part of the episode, better than the action we get later on, which is sort of like, yeah, we've had these types of action scenes before, but this whole, we're going to sneak around corners and come up with our cover stories, and and I'm going to be in a meeting, and then Burns going to be <laughs> literally within eye shot. And then call Chopper Command, get this man out of here. I mean, it, it's great. I love this stuff. Every time you say Burns, it keeps, um, I don't know how familiar you are with the uh, the Meet the Parents franchise, but it just reminds me of that one at the end. It's Meet the Fockers and like, Burns, Jack, Burns, Burns, Memory Gun. No, that, was a, that was a little Fockers one, the bad one. But anyway, um, yeah, it's, I agree. I love kind of, because again, like going back to my point, like joking about how Jack Bauer is a good actor, but like just the way he thinks on his feet. And it's kind of like, mm-hmm. Ching's like, oh, this is this man and definitely invaded him. He's like, you Photoshopped that. It's like, no, I didn't. It's like, yes, you did. You're an idiot. What's a Photoshop? Yeah. And I love how he like picks his phone up. Oh, cause he sees like Burns is like, fuck. So he presses like ring on his phone. Yes. Marcy yeah. got those files for me. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> um, but like my, one of my favorite little subtle bits through all of this is like, cause again, I'm with you. Like I love kind of how they're covering up. This is what makes it interesting. But I love it when like, they're trying to kick Cheng out because they're basically like, like Logan's all like, I'll get him out of there. So Bill's like, come on, piss off. And he's like, but I'm not done yet. It's like, well, good ever. And I love how Bill's like trying to get him out of the building. So it's definitely Asian terrorists. You should really <laughs> look into that. Okay, bye. <laughs> it, it, remi- it actually reminds me, like I, I mentioned um, the whole um, Ted Kofel Tao storyline. Like it kind of oh, yeah. it kind of reminds me of like the other end of this because that was Jack like ringing the office and like getting on Bolden. And he's like, kind of like, Oh yeah, they're lying. Like, you know, we can clearly tell they're making this up. So I'm going to get to the bottom of this. 
So this is now the other end of that because now we're seeing like Jack and CTU having to lie to cover their tracks and everything. There's um the moment that I absolutely love between Jack and Audrey is when like Jack's basically saying like Audrey like hey so like can you come in and do this whole interview thing. And I love like Audrey's speech where she's just like going like, like, what the fuck are you doing, Jack? Like you're doing this, you're invading China, you're doing this. Like is any of this working? Like has any of this actually achieved anything today? And it's kind of like a little moment where Jack's kind of like, yeah, you got rescued. We stopped these plants. We found this. I would say it's working. Like, you know, like yeah. you've got to, you got to trust us. Like, and basically like Jack, like blackmailing Audrey, you've just killed her husband. And it's like, look... Do whatever you want. If you don't want to go and give evidence and you want to make us go to war with China, fine. Do it. If you want to, you know, your little feelings there, Audrey, whatever. I'll go talk to my bestie Chloe about mine. Um, but, yeah, I, I love that moment. But, yeah, I'm with you. I love all this stuff. It's like it's it's interesting. And, it it yeah, I mean, the action stuff at the end is great too because I kind of love the Jack and Marwan moment that we're going to get in a minute. But, I, yeah, setting it up. I love Edgar here where Cheng's just basically like, Edgar Styles, were you working on the Alex? What are you talking about? Piss off, man. And Chloe's like, you yeah. idiot. Edgar's like, what? I didn't do anything. Which again, he didn't. He doesn't know anything. Poor Edgar. Well, yeah, and, and this is where it, it gets complicated because only a few people were kind of in on the whole operation, but it's everybody else that's sort of suffering as a result of this. I mean, Audrey is told, okay, so I'm not telling you to lie for Jack, but we want you to lie for Jack. You know, uh, of all people, Jack. And I mean, her interrogation scene's great too, because uh, Chen's basically like, somehow I'm not buying this. <laughs> um, w- what happened with your husband? Tell me all the details. And then, of course, Edgar, where it's like, you're Edgar Styles. <laughs> <laughs> your mother died. Yeah. <laughs> it's all over the news. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, really, the the rest of this uh, outside of Chen, his um, you know interrogation of everybody is going to be. We got Marwan's location, which. If there's one fault to this episode, I'm going to say it's – I was unclear. I'm like, do they actually have Marwan's location or is that just Jack covering? Oh, we totally know where Marwan is now, so I got to leave the meeting. Well, he so was then when it, covering because then what's-his-face tells them. But then they, they get Marwan's location. So Yeah, well, because they get it. So he he's covering and then they get it off the, the prisoner guy, the, the guy they've captured in the hospital – um, they, cause he's like, oh, you've got your deal. And so he's basically like, oh, I know three locations where Marwan is. And he goes, one person. And Jack's like, we've been there. Then goes a nightclub. Oh, we've been there too. So then he's like, oh, he's at oh, a warehouse. Yeah. He's like, oh, we haven't been there. Um, yeah. <laughs> which can actually just backtrack a little bit to Cheng. Like what authority does like the consulate general have to come into a government agency and demand to see hourlies and well, have a tour? Like that's a bit of a question mark. Yeah. No, see, I... And I kind of thought the same thing, but at the same time, they know they're trying to avoid a war here and they have to kind of, we got to give a little, you know, uh, compromise. Uh, Why they would just agree to this without ever calling anybody. It's like, I I feel like Bill should be on the phone to at least Mike throughout this entire episode. They have the one Mike conversation earlier on, but it's like, so now he wants to look at the hourlies and, oh, and uh, now he's trying to talk to Edgar and it's like, just deal with it, Bill. Come on. You're the boss. You're the man. People listen to you. Yes, sir. Um, but but yeah, like it, to me, the whole thing with Marlon's location just sort of gets lost in the episode. Maybe it's just because I like everything else in this episode and it sort of becomes, oh, this is just another raid on a facility. But um, Jack's out of his suit and uh, Lee Jong's awake. They they question him. Um, yeah, this is where we get the, we knew about that one. Oh, and then there was this, we know about that one. <laughs> yeah, like, we don't know that one. Uh, give us more information. 
Uh, and uh, we get the the raid on Marwan's facility, you know, coming in there with guns, which we've seen a million times a season. What what this is saved by is another face to face with Marwan. Oh, that's so good. We we have more interaction between Jack and the villain throughout the season, but like they pick their spots. I think I even mentioned that the last time we did this. They pick their spots. They're like, okay, we are going to do it selectively. First act, you get the one showdown. The second act, you get another showdown, and now we'll get this showdown. And uh, even when they have the face to face, with like, I've been waiting for this. I love that line. Uh, we we meet again, Bauer. <laughs> when I left you, I was about to learn, and now I am the master. <laughs> Only uh, a master and- of evil, Tom. Yeah, uh, and this is where Marwan says, uh, "You're too late." And he actually shoots him, which which caught me off guard. I mean, I didn't remember this. He just pulls the trigger on Marwan, uh, and uh, during all this, he's basically saying, "Yeah, kill me, and then you're not going to stop the missile." What missile? What? This is another thing that I feel like maybe the drama wasn't built up the best way because, like, a missile. I thought they just had a nuclear bomb, and like, okay, so. They got a missile. It's one extra component. You know, it, it, it changes the location. Like, to me, this doesn't add as much drama oh. as I feel like the end of the episode's building up. Go ahead. Uh, I was, well, you finish your thing, because then I'll, I'll talk about it. Cause... Well, I was just going to say, I mean, the, the, the way they build suspense here is with that countdown where they suddenly cut to, there's only 50 seconds left. You know, uh, there's a lot of like, come on, somebody do something. We tried nothing. We're all out of ideas. <laughs> uh, and, but you do get this one great expression as the missile launches. From Marwan, because I think this is the one thing you you didn't expect. Okay, it's going to happen today. We're gonna launch this missile today, but it's just that that build up towards there's the missile doesn't feel like it's as climactic as I think that they wanted it to be. So then they add on, well, we got the countdown, and then you do get that look of Marwan's though. It's like a, a cross between cocky and dismissive. It's just an excellent way to end the episode. Yes and no. I think the, the reason why it works is dramatic because we don't know where it's going, and we don't mm-hmm. find out where it's going until I think the last episode. So I kind of like the fact that they deliberately keep it hidden from the audience. However, there are some plot holes around this. So, like, I get Marwan's got to be all, like, him saying the words, you'll never stop the missile. It's just like, mate, what are you doing? Like, you're just yeah. like, you're being cocky and you're just basically digging yourself a hole. It's just, it's the Bond villain telling them the plan while they're tired up. And what? I'm going to leave him in a room with one inept a guard, guard and assume it all goes to plan. What are you saying? Um, Like, that kind of cheeses me off. But like, I think it is dramatic because the big reveal is, you know, CTU are assuming it's on a truck so they can only go within a certain miles of rural Iowa. But um, the the plot hole for me is that Marwan's basically like, so this weird storyline out of nowhere that apparently these terrorists can hack into CTU to prevent their satellite tracking. They've had this technology. Why didn't they use it all day? Um, (laughs) And I love that little line where like terrorist of the week is like, oh shit, Marwan. It's not working. What do you mean it's not working? Oh, they updated their software. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. You're a shit hacker, they just, mate. They just switched to Windows XP <laughs> just like that. Oh. God damn it, they had ME, now they've got XP. Remember, remember Windows <laughs> ME? Um, ME. God, the, the forgotten child of the Windows family. <laughs> um, but, like, the thing that is a massive plot hole is Marwan's like, oh, damn it. All right, we have to accelerate this and we have to do it now. And they're all like, but, but sir, <laughs> the, the rush hour of work people. Well, they're just going to have to do it now. Okay. It is, what, this is 3 a.m. to 4 a.m. Pacific time, all right? East Coast time, it is 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. right now. Now, bit of a spoiler, fuck it, spoiler alert, they're targeting Los Angeles. 
It's going to take them, and we've got, what, three hours to go. So it's going to take this missile three hours to get to the West Coast. They're in, like, freaking buttfuck Iowa, closer to the East Coast. Let's say it takes 90 minutes to get to D.C. or Washington or Boston or Miami, you know, a big East Coast city. That puts it in about 8.30 rush hour, right? Mm. Not Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker, the, the <laughs> moment where people go to work. So why is Marwan going, oh, damn it, we have to do it early? Like, I want Terrace Jenkins here to be like, but, sir, East but Coast sir. is closer. More people live in New York. Like, and, and it's like, oh, you're right, and terrorist of the month. Like, it's like <laughs> it's such a plot. Like, I get it. We've got to, like, oh, LA, like, that's more stakes because that's where our heroes are. So, uh-oh, it's not going to be the same. Like, I'll blow up New York. Oh, we don't know anyone there in 24. Blow up fictional New York. Who cares? But, like, I don't know. Like, it's just, it, we've talked about how there's a few inept, dumb moments from Marwan and these terrorists this season when they've, for the most part, been quite smart. He's just dumb in this episode. Like, oh, the missile. Oh, shit, did I say missile? I meant <laughs> bissile. That's Arabic for truck bomb. Mmm. Like, mm. yeah. So, like, I don't know. They're, they're two plot holes. But, like, I still kind of, yeah, I love the look that Marwan gives at the end. And it's a bit of dramatic tension. As Jamie's got a guitar. She's coming down to play oh. a song. <laughs> Come on, sing us a song, Jamie. Sing <laughs> Shallow by Lady Gaga or Bradley Cooper. I'm in the oh, I'm Jamie Hilding and I found the bomb. <laughs> I wanted to do like, get it. I mean, she's in a pajama. She could be doing Lady Gaga at the Oscars. Dad. Oh, <laughs> my hand. Um, great ending of this episode. Yes. Um, trivia. I mean, the, the things that I hear on, see on wiki is obviously the, the changing of names for Chen. Um, yeah, that's it's because he literally like answers the phone and says like Chung Zhao or something, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, which Gao, I think, yeah, Cheng Gao is what he says. And literally within two seconds, CT were like Chang or Cheng, or it's it's freaking yeah. Moonraker all over again. So, I mean, like, is that just lazy pronunciation that they've just gone, fuck, they've pronounced this wrong, we're just gonna have to go with it, or is this just Americans going, I'm not saying that. I also love that, you know, we had the last episode, Jack's 25-minute drive from the Chinese consulate to CTU. And in this one, it says, Chen gets from the consulate to CTU in no longer than eight minutes uh, and possibly as short as two minutes. Which, <laughs> so where was was he at the consulate when the shooting happened? Where was he beforehand? Like, super speed. He's pretty he, speed. He, we, we know he was there because he was looking at the footage there. Um yeah, that there's nothing else here major as far as trivia. Nothing in your book? Uh, originally, they wanted, the 24 producers wanted to film the White House scenes on the West Wing set, um, but it was too expensive. So they created their own mini version of the White House. The um, West Wing was charging them? I, Were they up in the price? Different production companies, I guess. Um, For network. So what was, West Wing was a... And NBC, isn't it? NBC, yeah, this is Fox. Yeah. So um I remember when I did a one of the Hollywood tours, might have been Warner, and they took you into like this prop shed and they basically explained how like other studios, you know, like Fox might go to Warner and be like, Hey Warner, you've got a this prop that we need that we don't have, mm. we'll pay you. So they like they all the time, other studios. I didn't know that. Um there's a big piece about Gregory Itson and um and Logan. As there should be. Uh, just said the creation of President Logan was a way of bringing Palmer back. And then we began to love the character of Logan uh, because Gregory Itson did such a good job 
and it was a device to bring Palmer back, but we said, let's stay with it, and that is the genesis of Charles Logan. So basically, they brought in Charles Logan to bring back Palmer, and then they were racist and were like, no, we like the white guy. Kill off the other one in the first episode of season five. I mean, I didn't say that. Spoiler. Can I just say, um, spoiler, also, we're only like three episodes away from Connie Britton. Just, just oh, wow. And Connie she Britton. definitely has AIDS. That, that AIDS-ridden beauty. Uh, I am still going to buy this episode despite, you know, saying and maybe downplaying at the beginning. Uh, I think that the weakest stuff is really the end of the episode, which still isn't bad, but all of the interrogation at CTU and Jack scrambling and all that. I mean, I, I love that. So I, I'm, I'm going to buy it and, um, you're going to buy it too. I'm just telling you, uh, well, you'll be, say yes, sir. You'd be no, sir. Three bags full, sir, because uh, I will be renting this episode. It's a solid Aww. rent. I like it just to me, like we're on the last disc of, of season four. Um, you know, it's, it, I think about the last disc of season one, how exciting and the other seasons we've had and it's fine. Like it's, you know, as I said at the beginning, it's fine. It's entertaining, but like, I think you just kind of forget this episode exists in a couple of weeks. Like the next couple of weeks, we've got the return of Mandy. I mean, well, that's got some great stuff there. And uh, I'm just saying it. I think the next two episodes are, are better than the finale. I think this is a very weak finale for season mm. four, but um, I, I, I will spoil this and say that, this will be the last non-buy I will have until episode nine of season five. So we are on a very long Ooh. streak of buys right now from Ben Waterworth. Um, so that is a bit of a spoiler. So you can see how well season five starts off. But um, yeah, rent for me. And, and where are you ranking it? Where am I ranking it? Colin Hilding? That is a great question. And the answer to that question is that I am ranking this at 63rd. Wow. So this is uh, one spot above episode 10 of season two and one spot below, funnily enough, episode 21 of, uh, what did I just say? The last disc of season one was so great. And yet this is only one spot below uh, that episode. And overall out of 216 episodes, I have got this at the finishing position of 131. I actually think I like this one a lot more than you do because I have this at 35 overall. Damn. Um, and, and I, I get what you're saying. I mean, there's nothing here that is that important or no, no big shocker moments, but I think it's just the fact that everything that happens is so different from what you expect in 24 uh, with them kind of being the bad guys and uh, <laughs> uh, having to deal with the Chinese being the good guys. You know, it's just, it's just a change in pace. So I appreciate that. Um, next week, is this where somebody is coming back? Uh, it is, and uh, we well. Not only does that person come back, but Richard Heller comes back. Um, oh, of course, we've been waiting. But like, this is where, like, I kind of alluded to earlier in the season when I think you asked, "Does he come back?" Like, I think the way they bring him back, it, it feels like they've planned this all season. Like, I think it's very clever how they integrate that storyline from the beginning when he was getting tortured about possibly being involved. Uh, and Willem Devane. I believe is this is his last episode of the season. He comes back for one episode. He's barely been in it the second half of the season. Yeah, I'm pretty sure next week is his last episode of the season. But um, yeah, Mandy back. Spoiler alert! And if people don't know who Mandy is, well, uh, you've got some research to do in the next week because uh, you, we get a lot, couple more episodes of Mia Kirshner because we sadly don't get her after season four. But I like I remember watching this when she came back. I lost my fucking shit. Like like I was almost more excited than when like Tony and Palmer and all that came because I just think it's clever. Like I, I love this kind of 
common theme of this terrorist for hire and how they tied in with Palmer as well is pretty cool. Uh, mm. So yeah, um, I, I love the next two weeks. I think they're great. And I think that uh, particularly the penultimate episode of this season is great. And what we're about to get in the coming weeks is an absolute role reversal of what we had with Jack and Tony, uh, Jack and Michelle last season, which I alluded to last season about how, you know, we know what happened with Tony about how he went to prison for treason uh, basically, we're going to get Michelle basically being faced with the same situation that Tony was faced last season, but oh, yeah. she might handle it differently. So uh, I, I love the Tony Michelle stuff we're about to get around Mandy as well. And shirtless Carlos Bernard to come as well. So get excited. Oh, that's what we've really been waiting for. Yeah. And sadly, actually, I think we do get shirtless Mia Kirshner, but it's Fox, so we don't get to see anything good. <laughs> the shoulder blades, nice shoulder blades. Um, yeah, so we'll have lots of more 24, lots of more 24 Roger Moore. coming soon on the Oz Network. Uh, and, uh, we're how many episodes away from the end of the season? Three left. So, yeah. uh, oh, we're getting close. We're getting close. <laughs> the most excited. Oh. <laughs> we're getting to oh. the end of the season. Oh, what are we getting close? Connie Britton, are you getting excited for Connie Britton? Are you? Or is he just for Connie season Britton's five? Connie Britton's coming. Or? Uh, I can't believe we're nearly <laughs> season five. Fucking hell. Yeah, well, and I, I was trying to work out yesterday where the halfway point is as Middle far as episodes five. go. Yeah, because obviously if you combine Live Another Day and Redemption, that's basically one season. 100 and... Um, 100, not Redemption. Um, the well, we legacy. So we've got... Uh, so three more episodes. Uh, so we are, what, seven episodes away from the 100th episode of 24. Um, and then I believe it is, is it literally the halfway point of season five? Uh, no, episode 13 of season five is officially the halfway point of our rewatch. I mean, not including redemption that technically adds another one into it, but in terms of the episodes and that is also including, uh, legacy as well as live another day. There are 216 television episodes of 24 and uh, 218. Does that make sense? Because that'd be two, uh, two, two, yeah. No, hang on. Have I, have I fucked that up? 109 is not half of. No, it is. Okay, no, never mind. 109 is crossing over. It's John Edward. So that episode <laughs> is. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. When we get. Really. I've got it marked down bad. here. I've got it marked down on my list. So I will be able to say that, like, next week we officially move past the halfway point. So, but that's not next week. It's in like 12 episodes time. 13. I'm episodes. excited. Uh, all oh. right. And we will have other stuff. Um, we might have a review of Shazam up at this point. Hopefully Ben can see it. I've seen it by now. Well, no, you haven't. When are you seeing it? I'll be seeing it Saturday. Uh, so oh, well, you've seen it. I, I saw it two days ago. Yeah, sure. Uh, maybe. I don't know. It's my birthday this weekend. Well, last weekend. If you're listening to this, it was my birthday two days ago. And if you didn't send me a happy birthday, you're a shit friend. I don't have friends. Yeah. We know that's a joke. Um, if, it's a winner. That's, that's not the button I want to press. <laughs> hey, let's try that again. I don't have friends. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, it's my birthday. When, what day is, is yours again? 23rd. So my birthday in three days. So happy birthday to me. Boom. Um, I will be seeing John Wick on my birthday. So what, we'll are you also turning 42? I am, yeah. Fuck, you're old. Uh, that that's twenty four <laughs> in reverse. You are, you are rapidly. You are closer to fifty than. Uh, no, that doesn't make. Then sense. I was last year. 
You can't know. That's scary. I don't want you to turn fifty. <laughs> you will. Well, you, come on. You will. No, Noel will turn thirty before you turn fifty. Imagine well, Noah Noah, at 30. Noah's turning thirty any time now, isn't he? He's in like two or three uh, years two away. Years. He's twenty-eight. He's still yeah. twenty-eight. Little shit. <laughs> That's why he's racist. He's just young and dumb. Young and dumb and full of. I'm not going to finish that sentence. That's inappropriate. <laughs> Colin, want to get that support? Come joke. on, Ben. Come on, Ben. Finish it. Finish young it. Young and dumb and full of cum. One of my favorite movies I saw as a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> is it a really a movie? It's a poor movie. Seriously, it's called Young and Dumb and Full of Cum. You know what? Cum. I watch it. Is it's not. Google it's it. not porn. It's not porn. But uh, Amazon Prime here in Canada just added a full season of Neighbors. Uh, from 2012. Oh, they, I think you're getting, I'm pretty sure you're getting the whole like kit caboodle from like 1986 onwards because there was the whole, like, cause it's coming back. Like, um, oh, it's ending. Let's get Guy Pierce and Kylie Minogue. Oh no, after 30 odd years, six months later, we're bringing it back. Um, they signed some like online deal. And I think like, yeah, Canada and the US, I'm pretty sure you're getting like all of them on some streaming platform. So fuck, like I, yeah. I go well, back to like Amazon- 80s and watch Kylie Minogue when she's got the curly hair when she was called a singing budgie uh, amazon has one full season of 240 episodes right now how did i've how, watched one sorry can i just backtrack a little bit how did we go from young dumb and full of cum to it's not quite porn but neighbors is on amazon <laughs> well something you watched growing up uh, but uh <laughs> often compared yes hmm, i'm really horny neighbors or porn Ah, Neighbours. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, maybe we'll do a review of Neighbours season whatever. Margot Robbie uh, would have still episode. been on it back in 2012, wouldn't she? She would have. They didn't show her on this one, but... Uh, she would have it, uh, it's weird, roughly. It's like, yeah. It's kind of like a cross between, like, very non-soap opera, soap opera, like Coronation Street, and more cheesy soap opera, yeah. like American soap opera. It's like a cross between Coronation Street and Young and the Restless. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. I think, like, Home and Away's the more serious one, although some would dispute that. Uh, But I used to always, yeah, I was much more of a team home and away person because I thought home and away was a bit more like drama than just pure soap opera. Uh, She ended Neighbours in 2011. So a year removed from Neighbours. And I'm sure that will be coming to the Oz Network Patreon soon, which we'll get around to doing one of these days. Um, We'll have movie reviews. We'll have more 24. If we do, we got, sorry, uh, I'm going to interrupt again. Can I just interrupt one more time? If we do a Neighbours episode, we have to do the icon. The, like, it's basically the most iconic episode in Australian television. It is the episode where Kylie Minogue's character gets married to Jason Donovan. Like, that, oh, like, more, s- stopped the country more in, like, icon- 1988 or whatever year it was. More, more iconic than the one I watched where a guy got beaten up in a garage and everybody's wondering who did it. <laughs> and we could always watch the episode where Alan Dale came back as a ghost on the back of a car seat. Uh, uh, we will be covering Australia and Canada stuff. And I, I want to tease you on something very exciting. You're going to get very excited for this because Australia, Canada month that's coming. The first movie we're going to be doing the Canadian one, Kids in the Hall, Brain Candy. I we were doing tomorrow I completely and forgot the about began, this. No, I said so... of the Canadians oh, we're right, doing. Okay. I've completely forgot about this, but Canadian film, Kids in the Hall, Brain Candy, we will get to see Academy Award winner Brendan Fraser oh, in he... the Kids in the Hall, Brain Candy. Is he really in that? Yeah. Oh, so that'll be coming. Oh, next you should have spoiled that for me. Then I just watched it. I would have been like, oh, there he is. <laughs> well, he's in one scene, but still, it's a good scene. Well, he should have um, been nominated for an Oscar. Judd Hirsch was. <laughs> Why not? Uh, so uh, stay tuned for everything else we have coming, and then sign up to our Patreon if you want to hear us talk about nothing. Uh, <laughs> we're lazy, but there's other perks. We'll do it eventually. Uh, 
my name is Colin, and if you don't like our content, uh, blame Asian extremists. And my name is Benji, and uh, what have I got here? Uh, I can't be near you right now. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. (laughs)